0: word of the Lord with you for a few moments. And so turn in your Bible. Let's see where do I want you to begin. You can jump ahead and go to, uh, first John two and hold your place there. And I'll give you a lot of scripture, but first John two is an important one. We've been talking, in fact, we began the beginning of this year talking about genuine Christianity or the, the real thing. And, uh, hey, you could go back and listen to some of those first messages in January. I would like to go back and recoup them. How many of you know there is a counterfeit Christianity? Uh, and so we, how many of you want to be the real thing? Yeah, amen. How many of you don't want to be the fake thing? You want to be the real thing. Have you ever accidentally bought something that was a, that was a knockoff? It was a, it was a fake. You ever bought, I, I bought, I knew it was a knockoff. I bought a relaxed watch for $10 one time, but you know, fake things by and large are pretty cheap. And I want to tell you something. The real thing cost God, everything he had His only son So you and I could have a real experience with Christ and become the real thing. And in 2014, my goal, our goal, what we really want you to do is grow in Christ and become more and more like him day by day. That's the plan of God for your life. How many of you, when you had babies, you didn't want them to stay babies, right? Now they're cute when they're babies, but man, changing diapers is a drag, right? You want them to grow up. You want them to be potty trained. You want them to be able to put their own clothes on and, and one day, uh, you know, look at you and say, God bless you, I'm moving out. And you go, hallelujah, I did it. You really want them to grow up and mature and really be what God wants them to be. That's what God has for you. And so that's been our theme. In fact, we began this, this theme from Romans chapter 12, becoming a Romans 12 kind of Christian. In fact, if you missed our, our, uh, small groups, our growth groups on Wednesday night, we, we, we were, we had to postpone last Wednesday. You're we've only had the introduction so you can jump on board for that. In fact, I'd like to show you the promo video. If we've got it up, do we have that available? Let, let's just show that promo video. If it's there, uh, and just kind of plug you into what we're doing on Wednesday night. Amen. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've been talking about. It's what we'll keep talking about through the month of February. In fact, here's your homework. How many of you like homework? Nobody. All right. Here's your golden opportunity to become more like Christ. Take Romans 12 and just devour it this month. Just take it apart, digest it, read it, study it, meditate on it. Uh, grow in Christ through Romans 12. Romans 12 really will lead you to a place of becoming more like Christ and, and becoming the real thing in your life. So, so you take your homework seriously. In fact, if you missed last Sunday, it's online. It's on our website, cotrnorth.com, or you can find us on iTunes and download us on your iPad, your iPod, your laptop, whatever. And let's let's catch up. Let's plug in. Let's get involved. In fact, last Sunday, we talked about true spirituality, really the first verse of Romans chapter 12. We said this, true, the real thing is this, true spirituality is developed in the crucible of total surrender. Everyone say total surrender. You know, I believe God would have us be totally surrendered unto Him. That Romans 12 1 says this I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, rational, logical service of worship. We learned last Sunday that it makes sense to totally surrender to God, it's the only logical response. We realize it's not about what you give up. Surrender, listen, surrender is not about what you give up. It's about all that you gain. How many of you have heard somebody say, well, if I come to Christ, will I have to give this up? Will I have to give that up? Will I have to give this up? Uh, Hey, it's not about what you give up. It's about what you gain. How many of you appreciate the fact that you can gain heaven over hell? Light over darkness. Amen. You can gain destiny over destruction. There is, hey, there's great gain in becoming more like Christ and totally surrender. It's the only logical thing, the only rational thing. It's the smart thing to do. Amen. And so that was last Sunday. I would encourage you to go back if you weren't here and listen to that message. Take a little time and digest Romans chapter 12 and digest these messages. Be here Wednesday night as we continue to discuss the Romans 12 passage together. It's going to be a great month as we we set sail towards spiritual maturity and growth in our life. This morning, I want to talk to you about another aspect from Romans chapter 12. And that is this, that true spirituality is developed by daily renovation, by the daily renovation of our thoughts. Somebody say, daily renovation. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, says this. After he said, present your body as a living sacrifice unto God, which is your reasonable service of worship, Look what it says. There it is. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Somebody say transform. Transform. That Greek word means to, to, it's the metamorphosis. Anyone ever got a little caterpillar and seen it make its cocoon and then it turns into a beautiful what? Butterfly. That's the exact word that that's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to create the beauty of his image in your life. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How are we transformed? By the renewing or the renovation of our mind, that you may prove what is a good and and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, that's a powerful passage. In fact, I would encourage you to memorize in the month of February, February, Romans 12, 1 and 2. These are life-changing verses, especially if you apply them in your life. Now, before we start talking about what it takes to renew our mind, let me go all the way to the end there. Uh, uh, Look at that last part. Uh, Let's look at the last part, and we'll see that the idea of of God in our life When he says we give our lives as a living sacrifice, we surrender to him, and then we're we not conformed to the world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. What does that do? It says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The idea is that God wants us to be fully and completely experiencing how good and perfect and pleasing his will is in our life. You see, if you're not living a happy life, you're not walking in the will of God. But as I'm telling you, when you get to the place where you get transformed, you become more like Christ, it produces within you that good and acceptable and perfect will of God in your life. He's really saying, I'll do my best for you. I'll give you my best. If you'll allow me to transform your life, if we can cooperate together in the renewing of your mind, I'm going to give you my best. How many of you would appreciate God's best? In your life, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, renovation produces transformation, and transformation release releases God's best in your behalf. Amen. So that's what we're going to be talking about today: at God's best for your life. In fact, did I bring the did I bring the book with me? Is it there? Did I leave it? Did I bring it? I don't see it. Okay, I was going to read you uh, uh, Chip Ingram's. Uh, uh, paraphrase of Romans 12, 1 and 2. It was really good, but evidently I left the book at home. Uh, So we'll move on. Hey, here's another thought that I want you to lay down in your heart and just begin to digest. Renovating our thoughts releases God's transforming power into every area of our lives. Everyone say every area. Not just in your church life, not just in your personal uh, meditation time, but in every area of your life. If you can change the way you think You can change the circumstances around your life. In fact, Proverbs 23, 7 says this. For as a man thinks in his heart, what? So is he. You see, your thoughts are powerful. For the good or or for the bad. Inward thinking changes outward behavior. Everybody say that. Inward thinking changes outward behavior. Say it out loud. Come on. Inward. You see, if you want to change the behavior of your life, you've got to be able to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and change your inward thought life. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, In fact, did you know transformation is an inside job? Transformation, the process of becoming more like Christ. Becoming like him and thus experiencing that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. God's best for your life begins on the inside, not on the outside. Listen, you can't change the outside and really change. You can't just grit your teeth and say, I'm going to be different. Now, I know in some areas you can, but listen, when it comes to becoming like Christ, it starts on the inside and cooperating with the Holy Spirit in our life uh, to produce within us the personality and the character of Christ in his life. Uh, Just by, hey, in faith, look around somebody and say, you're looking a little more like Jesus already. You're looking a little more like Jesus already. So with that in mind, hey, let's talk about renewing our mind. The first thing I want you to think about today, about your thoughts, is you've got to choose to refuse. Everyone say choose to refuse. Now, what does Romans 12, 2 say? And do not be conformed to this world. Now, that's that's a command form. Don't let the world conform you into its image or into its thought pattern refuse to allow the world to control your thoughts did you know the whole world is trying i mean everywhere you go they're trying to control the way you think hey when you watch the super bowl today some of the most expensive uh commercials uh uh, ever are on the super bowl Uh, hey what are they trying to do change the way you think get you to a place where you want to purchase or be a part of whatever they're advertising it's the power of, of, of the media that tries to conform us and to manipulate the way we think. In fact, hey, when I watch a Red Lobster commercial, I'm just about ready to jump in the car. I give up. I'm going. I, I, can't, I can't. Let's go. Uh, and, and, and that's what, and on a more serious note, the world... Really, uh, when Paul referenced don't be conformed to this world, he wasn't talking about Super Bowl commercials. He was talking about a world thought system and and, an ungodly or a secular mindset that is all around us that is trying to conform us. In fact, who's in charge of that? It's the devil. And he has a lot of tools to the trade. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 5, uh, let me turn over there. You can if you're fast. Uh, you might even be faster than me. Look what Peter said concerning the devil in our life. He said in verse uh, 7, verse 8 really, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, s- lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Everyone say resist him. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You see, we've got an enemy out there who is in charge of this world system or the worldly life that we, that we are a part of. In fact, the Bible says we're to be in the world, but not of the world. And we have the responsibility to resist that influence in our life and refuse the world's influence in our mind and in our thought life. Everyone so you got to choose to refuse. You really do. And we've got to stand our ground in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the devil has some tools that he uses for temptation. Let me show you these. The devil's tools of temptation. I want you to turn to this passage. It's 1 John uh, chapter 2. And let's just see what uh, John says about the world system that we live in, that we are to resist, that we are not to be conformed to. John says this in 1 John chapter 2 verse 15. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. Let me just pause and say, when he's talking about the world, he's not talking about all the God's children and people all over. the not talking about people. He's talking about this evil influence. I'll show it to you. He said, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, everyone say the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, everybody say the lust of the eyes, and then the pride of life. Say the pride of life. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the what? World. And just for your information, and the world is passing away. Come on, hey, look at your neighbor and say, the world's passing away. And the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Now, if you fast or or retract back to Romans 12, 2, what did he say? If we don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that perfect and good and acceptable will of God. You see, transforming the way you think will resist the things of the world in your life. Everyone say, choose to refuse. Now, this lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, the devil's tools to tempt us. In fact, did you know there's nothing new under the sun? In fact, in Genesis chapter 3, let me show this to you. Genesis chapter 3, the first real temptation to Adam and to Eve, really to Eve. And then Adam took part of it uh, uh, with very little resistance, with no resistance of all. Uh, look in verse 6. Uh, um, you know what's going on? The devil's tempting. He's talking to... Let me just say, don't, don't get a combo going with the devil. In fact I heard a story by our missionary David Hatley I was with him this past week he was talking about somebody coming to to Africa it's pretty funny and he kept saying now he, he was not a what we would call a, a charismatic or spirit-filled Christian he was a denominational guy had never seen any a, a manifestations of the devil but he was infatuated with it a little bit he kept saying I want to see a demon <laughs> I want to see a demon and he said well, you know and so everywhere they'd go somebody would do "Is that a demon no it's not a demon And, uh, then they were about the third place. And this lady started hopping like a frog and sticking out her tongue. He said, there's one. (laughs) And he didn't want to talk to that demon, uh, but anyway, hey, you don't need to have a discussion with the devil. Hey, we resist him steadfast in the faith. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Uh, and here's what, it, here's what happened to, to, to uh, Eve. She's in a discussion with the devil, and the devil's tempting her. And verse 6, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, there's the lust of the flesh. Look at this in in, in one verse. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. There's the lust of the eyes. And it was desirable, what? To make one wise. There's the pride of life she took. He used all three to reel her in that day. And he'll use all three to reel you in that day. In fact, he tried it with Jesus. In Matthew chapter 3, uh, when Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and I, you don't need to turn there, I'll basically go through there. He tempted him with all three, with the lust of the flesh, with the lust of the eyes. The first one was food. Uh, Jesus was fasting. Who make these rocks into the food. Lust of the flesh. Took him up on, a, um, on the pinnacle and all over. Uh, uh, and it was the pride of life. I'll give all this to you. He used all three with Jesus. And the Bible says Jesus resisted him and the devil departed from him for a season. You see, if you resist the devil, he will flee. Everyone say, if I resist him, he will flee. Now, our bodies, our senses, how many of you can name the five senses? There's taste, touch, smell, hearing, and sight. Now, Understand this about our flesh, our life. If our mind is carnal, listen, our senses are submitted to our thought processes. And if your mind is carnal, Romans 8, we'll look at it a little bit. Uh, the, the, the carnal mind is the enemy of God. If our, if our mind is not redeemed, if our thought processes have not been renewed or, or restored into the righteous thought processes that God would have, then our, our bodies, our lives, our senses will be submitted to that unredeemed mind. Are you with me? Now, when we think about resisting, and resisting temptation listen choosing to refuse and resist temptation is not about just gritting your teeth and saying nope to dope you remember that presidential thing say so say nope to dope listen overcoming the world system the evil influences of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is more than just saying, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. How many of you have walked by the blue bell aisle and said, I don't need that, I don't need that? Oh, yes, I do, hallelujah. A new flavor. See, they're smart. They know that you can say, ah, then all of a sudden, they come up with something new. You just go by there. I know y'all are going to the grocery store before Super Bowl. You just go by there and try to resist the devil. It just doesn't work. Because we entertain it and we just try in our own power. Hey, it's much more than just saying nope to dope and say I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. In fact, Colossians chapter two verse twenty three says all these rules and regulations, these religious things we put on ourselves, don't do this, don't do that, don't taste, don't touch, don't don't let your senses do what they want. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It says he, Colossians says it all sounds real spiritual, but is actually of no value against fleshly indulgence. So there's got to be more to it than just saying nope to dope. If you want your brain changed uh, and, and you refuse, if you're going to choose to refuse, there's something that we've got to tap into that moves us beyond the carnal mindset of our life. Uh, and here I want to share it with you this morning. Are you ready? Here's the secret. Anybody want to know the secret? the secret to a transformed life, the secret to move from being conformed to this world uh, and then being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Catch this, successful refusal and resistance is developed by what I call the act of strategic replacement. Everyone say strategic and replace, pardon me, strategic replacement. This is a scriptural premise that I see throughout Scripture. I'm going to show it to you. And that's what the word renewing our mind, hey, when he says... Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the what the renewing of your mind. that word "renew" can mean renovating. Anyone ever renovated anything. we've got some friends, Conan and Shelley Welch, one of their joys is they renovate old houses uh, and in fact, they're in that process right now, renovating an old house, and they go through it and they and when they renovate in fact, the other day, Conan thought the kitchen floor was fine. he got under there and there was it was rotted out and he had to go up under there and completely replace the floor joist you couldn't repair it you had to replace it understand this premise about renovation that which is rotten must be replaced everyone say that that which is rotten must be replaced how many of you know things that are rotten have a certain smell it's what i call stinking thinking Some of us have a habit of stinking thinking in our life. We have a lifestyle of stinking thinking. And we, we the default, listen, the default of our thought processes are not godly and not holy. In fact, I heard a friend of mine say, he was, he didn't, I can't say it the way he said it. Listen to a tape this morning. He said, you know, my wife likes to watch the fashion channel. And when those models come down the aisle, what is she thinking about? those beautiful dresses. And I walk by and those models are walking down the aisle. I'm not thinking about beautiful dresses. There's a default in my life. That's what he's saying. And all of us have defaults with the way we think. And God wants us to renovate our brains. And renovate and recalibrate the default of how we think in life. Because, hey, listen, uh, inward thinking changes outward behavior. Our inward thought pattern impacts the outward behavior of our life. And if, our stin- if we got stinking thinking, we're going to have stinking behavior. Amen? It's an inside job. And it's the, it's the strategy of, of replacing the rotten things in our life and in our mind and just get them out and replace them. In fact, you remember what Jesus did and he talked about uh, the uh, casting out devils. You can cast out devils all you want, but you got to replace where they were with something. They'll come back seven times worse. In other words, you've got to replace that with something positive and proactive in your life and cooperate with the Holy Spirit about reprogramming, if you will, uh, the thought processes of our life. It's it's what I call strategic replacement. Uh, In fact, you see it in Philippians 4.8. You can write that down. Philippians 4.8, basically what Paul is saying here, he says, whatever is good, lovely, and he names all these wonderful, positive things uh, that you and I, that we should think about. He said, think on these things. In other words, hey guys, if you want to you renew your mind, you've got to change what you think about. Hello. Well, I can't control my thoughts. Well, you got the Holy Spirit in your life who, is, who has a fruit called self Control. The ability, and in fact, that word, that phrase, self control in Galatians, which is a fruit of the Spirit, that self control doesn't mean you control yourself. It means the ability to apply the strength and the power and the capacity of God in your life on any given moment, at any given situation, under any given circumstance. The Holy Spirit can help you control the way you think. Somebody say, Amen. It's, hey, it's it's strategic replacement. You've got to replace that stinking thinking with the thoughts that God would have you think. Second 2 Timothy 2.22 is another illustration of the strategic replacement. Paul said this in 2 Timothy 2.22, one of the first verses I memorized. Let's see if I can pull it up. Flee off flee. <laughs> flee also, youthful lusts. Man, as a teenager, I said yes. But then the second part, it's not just flee youthful lust, but pursue after righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on God from a pure heart. There it is, strategic replacement. You're not just running from the devil, you're running to God. I'm pursuing after righteousness, faith, love, and peace. You see, if you pursue after the flesh, you will catch it. But if you pursue after God and his righteousness, faith, love, and peace, you'll catch that too. Amen? Everybody with me say amen. Amen. In fact, David, who understood the power of temptation, David understood the... How many of you love the Psalms? Man, you ought to read the Psalms. You You want the Word of God to make a difference. Just read the Psalms. Meditate on the Psalms. The first three verses are about strategic replacement. Blessed is the man... Who what? Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor stands in the path of sinners. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But you can't stop there. What does he do? To, to keep him from walking in the counsel of the ungodly and standing in the path of sinners and sitting in the seat of the scornful. Blessed is the man that walketh not, walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the path of sinners nor is seated in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Everybody say day and night. What did I tell you about strategic replacement and about the, it's the, it's a daily process of being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And so you've got to catch this understanding. You've got to realize that, hey, I can't just say nope to dope. I can't just quit thinking those thoughts that I've been thinking all my life. I've got to begin to fill my life with that, which, with that which is good, holy, and right. And I'm going to be strategic about what my little eyes look upon, what my little ears see, because those, those are the, the ear gate, the eye gate, and the, uh, hey, our senses uh, are, are, are the gateway of the spirit into our life, but they are also the gateway of the fleshly things, the world system into our life. Are you in this? Amen. And so if you want to not be if you're going to obey the command of God, if you want, hey, if you want God's best for your life, experience his good and perfect and acceptable will in your life and be able to get God's best moving in your life, you've got to understand that to not be, you can't be, you've got to refuse to, to choose this world and begin to strategically, strategically replace what you think about and let your mind on a daily basis begin to be restored and renewed and renovated. Amen and that's a process. It's it's what I call strategic replacement. Let me just give you some thoughts here. Now, I know there's, hey, there's 101 things that you can apply th- this in in your life on a personal level, but let me just give you some some replacement strategy, okay? Here's some strategic replacement strategy. Number one, replace the love for the world with the love for the Father, what did First John chapter 2 say? Don't love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, how are you going to counteract that? You start loving God. Being proactive in your love for God. Hey, he was proactive in his love for you. In fact, you ought to read all of 1 John. 1 John's all about God's love for us and our love for one another. And, and we've just, it's got to become our nature to love God and it's got to become our priority to love God, be proactive in our love for God and our love for one another, amen? And you know what, I, you know what I've noticed about most of us is that the default of our life is not love other people, is it? If somebody rubs you wrong... What's the normal default of your life? I'm going to rub you wrong. If somebody says something we don't like, what's the first thing we're going to do? We're going to tell them something that we don't like about them times two. Am I right or not? But that's not Christ-like, is it? That's a worldly thought system. That's gotta be dethroned. The, the, hey, that's gotta be changed in our life to when when and let me just tell you, could I promise you something? Probably, maybe before you get out these doors, somebody's gonna rub you wrong. Might be me. Might be your spouse, might be your kids. And what's the default of our life? That old stinking, thinking methodology that we have. Hey, how's that working for you? How does reactionary angry attitude work for you in the workplace? How's that going for you? Come on, let's get Beverly, Let's get quiet in here. How's that judgmentalism working for you? Not good. How's that? How's that unforgiveness working out for you on the long haul? Does give you the warm fuzzies all over? Come on now, hey Strategic replacement I'm replacing love for other Hey, how's that love for money and possessions working out for you? How's it feel when you have to bow down to the mighty dollar and worship? How's that going for you? We've got to proactively replace the love for the things of this world For the love of God the Father and other people How do we do that? Number one, just respond to his love and embrace him and say, thank you for loving me. Help me to love like you love. I'm going to love my enemies. I'm going to bless those who curse me. I'm going to change the way I respond. I'm not going to be a reactionary anymore. Everybody say that just like I did. I'm not going to be a reactionary anymore. That means you're serious about it. Come on. I'm going to quit this business and I'm going to start loving Jesus and loving God. Oh, this is not rocket science. Well, how do you do that? Hey, when you see something nice and you start fellowshipping with something good, you're just going to naturally fall in love. It's normal to fall in love with people who are good to you. He's good to us. He loves us. We just spend time with Him. And I'm not going to love the things of this world anymore. I'm not going to bow down to the dollar bill. I'm not going to bow down to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I'm going to bow down before God the Father and tell Him how much I love Him. And I'm going to love other people. I'm going to listen to the command of Christ. Jesus said, hey, you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the great commandment. That's the commandment of all commandments. It's strategic replacement. I'm going to love. Hey, how many of you got enemies in your life? Come on. How many you got people that irritate you? How many you got people, should Jesus tarry and give you, make you in charge, you'd hurt them. <laughs> got to love them. It's raining outside. It's strategically replacing things in your life. And let me tell you something. This is the nature of the Holy Spirit. He will help you. Everyone say, he will help us. You yield to the Holy Spirit, his character, his, the fruit of the Spirit will begin to be realized in your life. Here's another one. Replace the desires of the flesh with the desires of the Spirit. Romans chapter 8. Hey, turn over there quick. Turn over the quick. Look at Romans chapter 8. I'm going. How about you? Are you going? Romans chapter 8. Oh, gosh, there's a lot here. Um, hmm, let me jump down in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their what? Minds on the things of the flesh. You see... The world system, the flesh. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now, I'm telling you something. The Holy Spirit will help you. But he's talking about the choices in life. I'm going to choose to live my life. I'm going to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. He's going to help me. I'm going to be a Spirit-led man rather than a fleshly-led man. I'm going to be a Spirit-filled man rather than a worldly-filled man. I'm not going to let the things of this world And the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes Control my life anymore I'm going to begin to replace the desires of my flesh With the desires for the spirit The things of the spirit He said, verse 6 For to be carnally or fleshly minded is death But to be spiritually minded is life and peace Because the carnal mind is is the enemy against God For it is not subject to the law of God Neither indeed can be And so it's a choice that if you choose the things of the Spirit and begin to fill your life with the things of the Spirit and you begin to replace the desires of the flesh with the desires after the Spirit of God, hey, the Holy Spirit will come and help you. Begin to transform and transformation will begin to take place. Here's one little simple, you know what will begin to happen on Sunday morning. You know what happens on Sunday morning? When it's cold. When it's rainy. The flesh will say. In a very weak voice. You you probably shouldn't go to church today. You need a break. Pastor Sam's been kind of cranky lately anyway. But when you start changing the way you think. You'll get up in the morning and instead of saying, good Lord, it's morning. You'll say, good morning, Lord. Another great day to begin my week in the presence of God and of his saints. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to worship you and to fellowship with the saints. I can't wait to get to church. I'm telling you, things like that will change. You'll pick up your Bible. You'll get in the prayer closet. Well, do I have to pray? No, you get to pray. Do I have to do it? No, no, you got it wrong. It's not what you you have. It's what you get to do. I get to fellowship with Jesus and experience His best for my life and be able to do what He's called me to do. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of y'all looking at me like a calf does what? Stares at a new gate. (laughs) Let me give you one more and we're going to kind of wind up here. Another strategic replacement uh, capacity. We can replace the ways of the world with the ways of his word. Let me just tell you. His word... Hebrews 4.12 says it's living and active. It's not just a rule book. Come on now. This is God's love letter to you. It's living and active. And the the Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Let me tell you, what did Jesus do to the devil in the wilderness? Every time the devil came at him with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, Jesus would say, let me just say this, it is written. Paul called it the sword of the spirit. of the armor of God the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds put on the whole armor of God that you may stand strong against the powers of darkness and Ephesians 6 and he says and take up the sword of the spirit which is the word of God you can replace the ways of this world with the ways of his word listen The world has indoctrinated a lot of us into its ways. Could I give you one? Now, this is going to make a lot of people nervous because probably 50% of people in America have been divorced. I'm not being light. But did you know we've been indoctrinated with the mindset of divorce? You don't do what I want. I'll just divorce you. Am I right? It's so easy to get divorced. We don't want to work through our... Hey, let me, how about what does the Bible say? Let's go down the Bible road. Are you with me? Say amen. Replace the ways of this world with the ways of His Word. His Word. Listen, we teach this all the time. His Word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Hey, Ephesians 5.26 says this. It says, in relation to husbands and wives, it says, the husband, hey, hey, take your wife and get the Word of God and you just wash her with the Word. Husbands, listen, bring the word, it's what he's talking about, bring the word into your house and let that word wash you. Listen, the word of God is like a, it's, it's better than Mr. Clean. It'll rub-a-dub-dub, clean up that stinking thinking out of your life. Hey, come on now, it'll get in on the inside and begin to wash out all that stinking thinking and it'll wash your brains clear and clean. How many of you got some clogged things up here that need to be washed out? You do it with the word of God. It'll change the way you think. Are you with me? Hey, let me just say if you're kind of headstrong in some of your thoughts that are worldly, ooh, I got somebody's attention. The Word of God will tear down those strongholds. It's a stronghold in your brain. But it's done. I had a guy tell me one time they're having problems with the kids. And I said this. Well, my dad, he, my my daddy. This is the way I grew up. Well, I grew up, buddy. You don't let the kid do that, buddy. way I grew up, this is, man, we um, put up whooping jerk on. That's the way. That's the way I grew up. Well, let me suggest to you, sir, that the way you grew up was not cool. <laughs> it was not what the Bible says. Well, I, but I can't. That's just the way I grew up. Well, maybe you grew up wrong. Maybe you just need to be born again and start all over. Because those strongholds in your brain, how's that working for you? That's what I told you. How, hey, let me tell you, you know why you're sitting here in front of me? Because the way you're doing it, it ain't working. How's that working? How's that fleshly mindset, that old worldly way working for you? How's it helping you? Is it bringing harmony in the family? No, it's bringing conflict in the family. Hey, we replace the ways of this world with the ways of his word. Listen, Psalm 119, which by the way is the longest chapter in the Bible. And did you know the theme of nearly every verse, 99% of the verses in Psalm 119 all have to do with the power of God's word in our life. How many of you know David realized the power of God's Word in his life? Here's just one, verse 10. Your Word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Listen, we teach this in in our Connect classes. How to get a firm grip on God's Word in your life. Hear the Word. Everyone say, hear the Word. Man, that's what you're doing today. And if you really hear, it can change your life. Hear the Word. Everybody say, read the Word. We've got to read the Word on our own. You just can't come in here. You've got to go home and read. Read the Word. And then, hey, meditate on the Word. The Bible says uh, that if we meditate on the law of the Lord, we'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water. Just letting that Word wash over our brain and just keep us uh, clear and clean. Meditate. Memorize the Word of God. I challenge you this this week, this month, to memorize Romans 12, 1 and 2. Memorize the Word of God. And, And then here's another one. Study the Word of God. Become a studier of the Word. Man, I'll give, let me give you a website. BibleHub, I think it's .com. BibleHub has everything under the sun. Just BibleHub. You just go there and you go, man, I, there's no reason why I can't study the Word of God. There's. Hey, you don't have to go to the bookstore. If you got internet, BibleHub.com. I can hey, the way, it's, it's easy to study God's Word. The Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed. Handling accuracy the word of truth we get a firm grip on the word of God and it'll wash our brains it'll cleanse our lives it'll get rid of that stinking thinking in our life listen carefully to me the word of God I'm not not talking about my word I'm, I'm talking about the word of God listen the word of God will heal you and guide you scripture says he sent his word and healed them you need healing in your brains Get in the Word of God. The Word of God will heal you and guide you. The Word of God will cleanse you and stabilize your life. Jesus said, you obey the Word, you'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water which yields its fruit in its season. You'll be stable in life. The Word of God will empower you and bless you. You want to be blessed? Let me want to be blessed. Scripture says, if you let the Word of God in, it'll bless you. And prosper you. The word of God. Will build you. And prosper you. In fact. What does the Bible say about faith? Faith comes. By hearing the word of God. How many of you need your faith built today? Got any doubts and question marks in your life? Get into the Bible. It will build your faith. Read the gospels. It'll build you, prosper you. And catch this, as is the context of our sermon or our message this morning, the Word of God will transform your life, change you from the inside out. It's the strategy of replacement. We don't just say nope to dope. We, through the cooperation of the Holy Spirit, Began to change the way we think. Let the Word of God, the will of God, the ways of God, the love of God, the things of the Spirit begin to fill our life to the point that this, the world's way of doing things and the world's thought system loses ground in our brains. And as the Bible talks, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 about the strongholds in our life, it's called the castles in the mind. It's like a hook in your brain. Listen. Listen, I'm about done. I got a couple more minutes. Some of you got a hook in your head, a hook in your brain that the world has placed in you throughout your life. It may be one of of insecurity, or maybe one of uh, nobody I'm some you know singing somebody done me wrong song, or I can't do this, or I'll always be this. Uh, my daddy was an alcoholic. My mama was an alcoholic. My but my, I got a, all those things that get a hook in your head and they tell you what to do. They conform you into their image. But I'm telling you today, by the power of the Holy Holy Spirit, you can lose that thing. By the word and the will of God, you can be changed on the inside. And be free. And experience that good and perfect will of God in your life. Let's stand together.